Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pena, and I'm bringing you today's word for February 4th, 2022. It's a Friday. I love closing out the week strong, heading into the weekend strong. We get into the word of God on this podcast on a daily basis. We seek the word. We open up the Bible. We look at what the scriptures say, and we pray over it, and then we apply it to our lives. And and it is today's word. Tomorrow or, or next week, we'll have another one, but it's today's word. It's a word that God gives us his daily manna from heaven. I'm excited about it. I trust that you're ready to receive because God gave me some stuff to release to you. So open up your heart right now and prepare yourself for the word. God gave me that video at the beginning of the year to put it in. I know some people's like, oh, I kind of like the other one, but some of the things that were in there, like never give up, keep believing, dream God-sized dreams. These are things that the Lord wanted me to put through your eye gate to get that down in your heart so that on a daily basis, you're you're reminded, you're encouraged. When you speak to me, I, I'm going to inspire you to become uh, the man, the woman that God has called you to be. When you speak to me, I'm going to inspire you to believe what God believes about you. I'm an encourager like Barnabas, the son of consolation. You talk to me for five minutes, you're going to feel like you could leap a tall building with a single bound. Glory to God. We're going to get into the word this morning and I'm excited about it. So I've been teaching about intentional progress in 2022. Our progress will have no limits when we walk with God. That's Proverbs 4 and 12, but we have to be intentional about that progress. So we're going to be intentional and we will be deliberate this year. So I've been teaching a series entitled Life Lessons from the Life of Jesus. I trust that you've been enjoying this. And so this is part 20, part 20 of the series today. Let's get into it. We've looked at John chapter 5, chapter 6, chapter 8, chapter 12, chapter 14 to 15. Now we're in chapter 16. Remember, this is part of a series where I'm going to go through these six steps and I'm still in number one, right? And you know me, I take my time. There's no rush. We get to do this every day. I count it a privilege and honor. I get up, I share whatever the Holy Spirit gives me to share, and then I stop and I can pick it up the next day and the next day. So there's no rush Thankfully, I get to take my time and really get into some topics. Sometimes I'll be on part 70, part 80. Right now we're on part 20 of this particular series, uh, and I, I hope that you're enjoying it. So let's go back to it. John chapter 16, uh, when Jesus was talking to the disciples um, yesterday, we saw that, and he was basically telling them that he was going to leave. Uh, they got sad. You know, it was a trying time, and, and he was honest with them. Listen, we face some challenges together, guys, but you know, I was with you and I got to go. And, but when you're going to face some challenges, but don't worry, you know, you got to learn how to rely on the Holy Spirit. I've been relying on the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit has been in me while I've been with you guys, but I got to leave. But the same Holy Spirit that's in me is going to be in you guys. So while you're sad, don't worry about it. This is what the Bible says. John chapter nine, uh, chapter 16, verses 19 through 26. He says, the Bible says, Jesus realized that they wanted to ask him about it. So he says, okay, are you asking yourselves what I meant? I said, in a little while, you won't see me anymore. But a little while after that, you're going to see me again. I tell you the truth. You will weep. <laughs> you're going to cry, guys. It's okay. You will weep and you will mourn over what's going to happen to me. But the world is going to rejoice. You will grieve. I mean, like we grieve. We're Christians. We love God. But when we lose somebody, 
doggone it hurts, you know? So it's like, you will grieve, but your grief will suddenly turn into wonderful joy. It will be like a woman suffering the pains of labor. When her child is born, she anguishes, and but soon when she sees the baby, it gives way to joy because she's brought a new baby into the world. So you have sorrow now, but I will see you again. Then you will rejoice and no one will be able to rob you of that joy. Oh, glory to God. I, I got a joy that the world didn't give me and the world can't take away. At that time, you won't need to ask me for anything. I tell you the truth. You will ask the father directly and he will grant you your request because you're asking in my name. I'm giving you the authority to use my name. You haven't done this before, guys. Uh oh, he said it. You haven't done this before. I've been, I've been the one doing all the praying, but I'm leaving. Holy Ghost is going to come. Same Holy Spirit in me is going to be in you. And I'm been the one talking to the father. No, you're going to have to go talk to the father, but you get to use my name. Ask using my name and you will receive and you will have abundant joy. I have spoken of these matters in figures of speech. I have spoken figuratively, right? But when the Holy Spirit comes, he's going to speak to you plainly about the father. Then you will ask in my name. I'm not saying that I... I will ask on your behalf. He was like, just let's be clear about this. I've been asking on your behalf. And I'm saying when the Holy Spirit comes, I'm not going to be the one asking on your behalf. For the Father loves you and, and because you love me and he loves you and I love you. So the Holy Spirit is coming so you can ask directly in my name to the Father. Yes, I come. I came from the Father into this world and now I'm about to leave this world and go back to my Father. But look at the context, look at the conversation, look at the love that Jesus had for them. Now, what can we learn from that conversation Jesus had with his disciples? I have four things to share with you, and let me get into these four things for this morning. You ready? Four things. Number one, here we go. Never devalue the role of the Holy Spirit in your life. Think about that. I mean, think about the context, the conversation, and then think about you today. The disciples were completely reliant on Jesus for personal guidance for overall direction, for supernatural protection. When things were going crazy, Jesus had peace. He gave them peace. When, they, when their power was limited, Jesus was the conduit to supernatural power. When they didn't know what to do, Jesus was the one with all the answers, right? So they were with Jesus for three and a half years. They relied on this man for everything. He was the one. And then he took time to teach and coach and mentor them and prepare them for their individual life's assignment. Not all of them were the same, right? <laughs> Somebody said it was the dirty dozen of them. And so he ministered to them according to their ability and all of that. So it's understandable that when they even thought that Jesus was leaving, they got sad. They got sad. And, but Jesus like, oh, listen, I don't want you to be sad because, because the father is not going to leave you comfortless. He's going to send you a comforter, the same comforter that I have, the, the same Holy Spirit that I have, you guys are going to have. See, now let's talk about us today. You're like, well, Rick, that's cool, but I wasn't there. Okay, yeah, that's right. You were not there with Jesus. Neither was I. We didn't get to walk with Jesus like they got to walk with Jesus. We don't have the experience of having Jesus and then losing him. But we get to pick up the story where the disciples on the day of Pentecost were filled with the Holy Spirit. So we get to pick up the story from there. New Testament church. We get to pick up the story from the Holy Spirit being restored to man. So now you and I, we get to receive the same Holy Spirit Jesus received. We get to receive the same Holy Spirit that the disciples received. The Father provided the disciples the Holy Spirit as a replacement for Jesus. But what Jesus provided externally, the Holy Spirit was going to come to provide internally. 
So the Holy Spirit will do for you and for me what the disciples did for, I mean, what Jesus did for the disciples. So you were not there with Jesus, right? Neither was I. You, you wasn't there to just like have this external comforter, this external God walking around with you in human form, but the Holy Spirit is here now, right? And the same Holy Spirit he had, we had. So now what Jesus did for them is what the Holy Spirit came to do for us. So I need you to think about the Holy Spirit the same way they thought about Jesus, right? So they were like, hey, we don't have the answers, but Jesus has the answers. Okay, cool. We don't have the answers. The Holy Spirit has the answers. They were like, we don't have the power. Jesus has the power. Okay, cool. We don't have the power. The Holy Spirit has the power. God himself is living on the inside of you. Think about that. God, I'm not, this is not figuratively. This is literally, if you're born again, God himself lives inside of you. So please do not ignore his presence. Do not fail to tap on into his power, right? So we can rely on him and lean on him and call on him and trust in him and all of that. Talk to him just like the disciples did with Jesus. So what Jesus did for them, the Holy Spirit does for us. Since, since the Holy Spirit is in us and there's nothing God can't do, then there's nothing we can't do. We have access because of the Holy Spirit to God's supernatural and limitless and overflowing power and wisdom. So please make the most of this access. You're walking around with the Holy Spirit. Don't devalue him. Make the most of the relationship that you could and should have with him. Say amen to that. All right, number two, you get to use the name of Jesus. Oh man, Jesus is like, man, hey, listen, he made it clear. You guys are going to be able to use the whole, my name, right? So, so you're going to, the Holy Spirit is coming and then I want you to operate in my name and you go directly to the Father. And I'm giving you the authority. I'm giving you power and authority to use my name. And so it was like, yeah, use my name. It's okay. And, and so I think about it like this. When I was in the military, a lot of people that, that watch me are, are military people. When I was in the military, there was a certain level of, of um, power and authority associated with my rank and position. Um, especially at later in my career, it was really more about my position than my rank. <laughs> my position was way higher than my rank. But anyway, I had rank and position and, 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 and I got to operate under the certain authorities that were connected to my rank and position. Um, but oftentimes I was required to operate at levels that exceeded my rank and position. And so there were times where I could just operate in my rank, my position, but then there were many times where I was expected or even required to, um, to operate on, a, on another level. Like oftentimes, there was a lot of times where I was directed to go task someone who outranked me, right? Which happened all the time. So I was directed to go instruct and task people that outranked me. And that was, that was a norm. Um, but when I did... I was doing so in the name of the one who sent me, right? So let's say, for example, I'm going to use my last position in the military. My last position in the military, uh, actually, I worked for three uh, um, CIOs, so three three-stars uh, consecutively. So I worked for you know one three-star, and then when that person retired, then another one, then another one. So my direct boss was a three-star general, and my boss was basically the highest ranking person within our organization. Now in the Pentagon, yeah, those, those people that I ranked uh, him or her, but within my, our organization. So often, there were many times where my boss would tell me, hey, I need you to go tell such and such who outranked me, tell such and such, do this, tell such and such, do that, whatever, right? So now when I did that, I got to go out 
and operate in the authority of the one who sent me. So when I went, they knew, you know me, I, I, I'm, you know, I'm humble. I embrace the power, but I'm not trying to, I'm not power tripping or anything like that. I never wore my boss's rank, I, but they knew that if I came and I spoke with that authority, they knew where they, where the authority was coming from. And they knew it wasn't for me anyway. Right. So it was, it was, I'm operating in the authority that was, you know, bestowed upon me to, to go out and say, listen, I am here in the name of such and such. And so in the name of such and such, there's authority behind their rank there and, and, and uh, their position. And I'm operating in that authority. So what does this mean for you? You're like, well, Rick, what does it have to do with me? Okay, fine. Jesus gave you the power and the authority to use his name. He was like, man, angels bow at the name of Jesus. Demons flee at the name of Jesus. And Jesus was like, I want you guys to use my name. When you go out, you can use my name. He sent out 70. Remember when he had the, Jesus had the, like, you know, these groups, he, he had the 5,000, right? Then he had the 70, then he had the 12, then he had the three. <laughs> but, but when he, at one time he sent out the 70 and he said, Hey, I want you guys to go and go use my name. And they went out and they came back. And he was like, what happened? Oh my God, Jesus is amazing. What's that? Even demons are afraid of us when we use your name. And so, so we get to use the name of Jesus. Come on, use that name. Plead the blood of Jesus over your kids as they go to school. Plead the blood of Jesus over your family members. If someone is sick, lay hands on them and call on the name of Jesus. I'm telling you, there is power in the name of Jesus. And you got to use that name. God has given you the authority. Jesus is like, hey, listen, I want you guys to use my name. On that day, you guys are going to be able to ask in my name. And, and, and listen, I'm giving you, it's okay. You can ask in my name and it shall be done for you. You'll go directly to the Father and you'll do so in my name. I'm giving you the authority to use my name. So go use my name. Listen, there's power in the name of Jesus. Say amen to that. Sometimes you don't know what to say. You just say, Jesus. And I'm saying there is power in the name of Jesus. Number three, you get to go directly to the Father, directly to the Father. Now, there, there are some people on this uh, that are watching me right now that grew up the way that I grew up. And I'm not going to I'm not going to call out, you know, I'm, I, you know, I don't want to get too specific. But let me just say this. I was raised in such a way to where I was taught as a kid that I basically had to go through an intermediary. Right. I had to confess my sins to someone else. And, and not really go directly to the Father. Um, and in the Old Testament, that was the case. But that's not the case in the New Testament. So in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit lived inside of a temple. And he lived inside of a temple. This is under the law. He lived inside of the temple in a, in a place called the Most Holy Place or the Holy of Holies. And so in the Holy of Holies, there was the Ark of the Covenant. And the Holy Spirit lived above the Bema Seat of the Ark of the Covenant. And there was this Most Holy Place or the Holy of Holies. Then there was the Outer Court. I mean, the inner court, then that was the outer court where anybody could go to the outer court. Only priests could go to the inner court. Only the high priest once a year could visit the most holy place or the holy of holies. And so once a year on the day of atonement, Yom Kippur, the high priest would prepare himself, go through a ceremony, put on this garb, and then go in with a cable toe around himself. And he would go into the most holy place to visit the Holy Spirit. And if he went in wrong, he had a cable toe around him. He had bells on his, on his clothes. And if he went in wrong, the bells were there because he would <laughs> drop dead. And then they would hear the bells and they can't go get him because they would die too. And they would pull out the, the person, the, the high priest, pull him out with the cable toe and get him out of there. Right? That's crazy. They got, this one person got to visit the Holy Spirit one day out of the year when Adam had the Holy Spirit living inside of him 24 hours a day. 
Think about that, right? So now, New Testament, because of Jesus, we are now restored all the way back to Adam. We have the Holy Spirit. Adam didn't have to go through nobody to go to the Father. He went directly. Jesus, is, Jesus have to, didn't have to go through nobody to go to the Father. He went directly. And now Jesus is our high priest, and we don't have to go through anyone to go to the Father. We go directly in the name of Jesus. So Jesus was like, listen, guys, I want you to pray. In the text that I read today, he even said, you've never done this before. <laughs> You're going to be able to ask the Father directly in my name, right? I mean, so think about it. When, when you fast forward to the New Testament, Jesus was walking around with the Holy Spirit. He spoke directly to the Father. And now for us today, we're filled with the Holy Spirit. We are now the temple of God and the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. The Holy Spirit doesn't live inside of a temple. We are the temple. The Holy Spirit lives inside of us. And I told you before that when Jesus said, it is finished on the cross, the Bible says that the, that the veil in the temple was ripped or torn from top to bottom. Let me just say something about that real quick. So the way the temple was built and the Ark of the Covenant, the Holy Spirit was behind this, this veil. That veil was 30 feet high. And, and some scholars say that the veil was something like anywhere from 10 to 18 inches thick. I mean, so that's thick. That's huge, right? And the veil, think about it this way. You're looking up 30 feet. So three stories. The veil was torn or ripped. When Jesus said, it is finished, the veil was ripped, not from the bottom up. It was ripped from the top down. God himself came down, grabbed the veil and went, whew. what was he saying? He was saying, Holy Spirit, you're no longer going to live in this place. You're no longer going to, oh, I felt the Holy Ghost right there. He's saying, you're no longer going to live in this temple. Now the people are the temple. And 50 days later, the Holy Ghost came and we are now the temple and the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. So we have direct access to the Father. We have the most high God living on the inside of us and we can go to the Father directly. I don't have to go through a priest. I don't have to go through a prophet. That's Old Testament. I don't have to go through an intermediary. No, 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 no. I go directly to the Father in the name of Jesus. I have direct access and I can go to God. And Jesus says, hey, listen, guys, when the Holy Spirit comes, you're going to be able to do that. You've never done this before. Before. I've been the guy praying. You've never done it. But listen, you're going to be able to go directly to the Father in my name and ask in my name, and we will do it. Oh my God. And your joy will be full. Number four, and finally, last point for today. We get to deal with pain and challenge differently than the world does. So, this is a conversation I had with Isabella last night. I, I, I'll share a little bit of it. Jesus knew his disciples were sad. Instead of taking the sadness away, he gave them a different perspective. He was like, you know what? I'm not going to take it away. I'm just going to give you a different perspective. He told them how to deal with it. He told them how to look at the challenge from God's point of view. Isabella and I had a conversation last night that reminded me of, uh, or this reminded me of that. Because Jesus is dealing with, a, 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 with his disciples in a conversation where they were sad, and Jesus talked to them about joy. I've told you before that happiness is the result of happenings. Happiness is contingent to happenstance. So if your circumstances are not good, you can't be happy. You'll be sad, but you can still have joy. Jesus talked to them about joy because joy is an inside job. Joy is the fruit of the spirit. So as, as uh, I was talking to Isabella, we were talking about how, you know, I don't, for whatever reason, we just kind of like thought about some of the challenges that we've been through over the last 20 plus years. And as we thought about it, honestly, some of that stuff I had tuned out. Some of that stuff I had blocked out. Some of it I didn't even rem remember, right? And so 
So I'm like, oh, wow. And as we're talking about it and we thought about it, the Lord was ministering to me that, you know what? There's no way I could not have endured and overcome some of the things that I've endured and overcome without the Holy Spirit. No way. Without God, there's no way I would have done it. There's no way Isabella would have done it. Now, one of the things that we go through challenges, like everybody else goes through challenges, Isabella and I, but most people won't know it because we don't glorify challenges. Like we've ne we don't never, we don't ever talk about it. Now, maybe one day the, the Holy Spirit will lead me to put it in a book or talk about it or teach a series or something. But for the most part, I never glorify challenges. I go through stuff like everybody goes through stuff, but you're never going to hear me talking about it. And so, so sometimes we do need to talk about it to let people know that, hey, I'm human too. We're all human. We all go through challenges and think it not strange when you go through challenges. But for whatever reason right now, lately, we've been ministering to people uh, that are dealing with, with mental challenges and mental health is no joke and, and distressing anxiety is no joke. And I've dealt with it and Isabella's dealt with it too. But had we not, you know, by the grace of God, through the Holy Spirit, had we not been filled with the Holy Spirit, had we not been submitted to God, there's no way that we would be where we are today. Matter of fact, we would probably have given up. <laughs> like, I, I mean, this is real talk. So, so as I thought about it, this is real stuff, man. I thought about it and there are people that are prisoners in their own mind. Um, yeah, I, I remember uh, dealing with some of that myself to where I felt like I was trapped in my own mind. I came back from Iraq and Isabella was not there. And, and, and I made the mistake of coming back to an empty home in Washington state and, and, and Joshua was with my sister and, and that really unlocked something in my mind that was not good. And I wound up struggling with that thing for years. And, and, and when I think about it, it's like, you know, now, you know, I don't even know when, when I overcame it, but I overcame it, but it was the grace of God. Listen, I'm telling you a lot of times we ask for less challenge. But what God does is say, okay, you want me to reduce the challenge. Instead, I'm going to increase the grace. I would just give you more grace. God, God never promised to take the challenges away. God never, God didn't tell the disciples, hey, Jesus was real with the disciples. It's like, it's going to get, it's going to get worse before it gets better. <laughs> you guys are going to grieve. You guys are going to cry. You got, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's going to happen. So he wasn't, he was honest with them. This was real talk. And in this world, we're going to face stuff. I mean, I'm, God didn't take us out of the world once we're born again, right? If, if you're born again and you're still here. That means that God has something for you to do. And that doesn't mean that God is going to exonerate you from challenges because he won't. And so we all have to face whatever challenges we have to face. But here's what God said. I'm never going to leave you. I'm never going to forsake you. I'm going to always be there with you. I'm going to give you myself in the presence of the Holy Spirit. So God never promised to take the challenges away. He just promised to be with us as we go through the challenges. And so he gives us the grace. It's the grace life. We have the grace to, to walk in it, to overcome. Uh, and we get to overcome because he already overcame. So, so we just need to embrace the grace. Uh, we can rest, learn how to enter into God's rest. And that's super important. That's super important. And, and, and like I said, as I was meditating on that last night and this morning, real talk, I've been through some stuff, Isabella's been through some stuff that probably would have crushed the average person, that, that, that the average person would have give, given up. Uh, giving up. And I mean, like for real giving up. So, so I'm saying it's the grace of God now. And, and now a lot of those things I don't even think about, like I, it doesn't even register. And that's the grace of God. So listen, I wanted to close with this this week. Um, Jesus was honest with his disciples. I'm being honest with you. We live in a world today where people are dealing with real challenges, especially when it relates to stress and anxiety and mental health. Listen, if you need help, get help. 
but learn how to enter into God's rest. The greatest help you can get is from the Holy Spirit. Please spend time with the Holy Spirit. Please, 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 please. This is real stuff. Pastors who love God commit suicide. I have a cousin who committed suicide. If you need help, get help. But please open up your heart to the Holy Spirit. Open up your heart to the peace of God, the grace of God. We can overcome because he already overcame. Let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. This was for somebody this morning. I know somebody needed this because I don't normally talk about this. This was for somebody, whoever that was, you receive it. Declare this over your life. Say, Father, I thank you for taking the time to teach me your word. I am in your word. I'm learning to rely on your grace, your love, your peace, and your power. I don't take it for granted that I get to come to you directly. I have been given the right to come to you in the name of Jesus. I don't have to go through a high priest I don't have to rely on a prophet. I have a blood-bought right to come to you directly in the name of your son. And I use that access daily. I also thank you, Father, for placing your spirit inside of me to lead me in the way I should go. I lean upon the Holy Spirit. I learn from him. He speaks to me while I'm awake. He gives me dreams while I'm sleeping. He gives me peace throughout the day. He helps me to become who I'm called to be. Father, I am never helpless because you are with me every step of the way. And for that, I give you praise. My future is bright. My progress will have no limits <laughs> because I'm walking with God. Greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. This is today's word. Please apply this and prosper. This is one of those messages where you might need to get watch this again or share this with somebody. Please, let's let people know that God is there. The Holy Spirit is there. We are never hopeless because we are never helpless. If this message was a blessing, leave me some comments in the, in the chat and then share this message right now on your social media, on your timeline, and with your friends. I love you, and God loves you more. Have an amazing day, and have an amazing weekend. I love you so much. I thank God for you. I appreciate you. Greater is coming for us. God bless you.